3: more info now. I won't let my body outweigh, outweigh everything
4: that I made. of. won't spend my life trying to change. I'm learning to love who I am. I get strong, I feel free. I know every part of me is beautiful. And I will always outweigh. If you feel it, put your hands in the air. Show some love to the mirror while
5: you're there. Let's take it one day at a time, cause you and I I outweigh. Okay, we are back for episode three of three with Melissa Giovanni. She is a registered dietitian based in Nashville, the founder of Balanced Nutrition Counseling. And she is a friend of Kat Defadas, who we know and trust well. And I love the work that she's doing and all of our guests. And when they bring their expertise, the other two episodes where she was on, if, if y'all want to go back and listen, if you haven't, we've talked about living in a toxic environment and how to handle moments if you're triggered by people that you have to be around. And then also how to have a healthy relationship with exercise while you're working on recovery for yourself. So go back and listen if you missed those. But now we're just going to talk about diet culture in general mm-hmm. because it's everywhere. We're diet obsessed. We have been for decades. Yeah. And some of us grew up with it. How old are you, Melissa?
4: 36.
5: Okay. So we're about the same. I'm 41. So 90s. Yeah. Fat free, slim fast, (laughs) like all kinds of diets and workouts. And it's just- It's been, well, pretty toxic for quite some time now. And here we are, I feel like we're finally rounding a corner (laughs) and we're making some progress, but it's going to take some time. So what advice do you have to offer us that are trying to navigate this? Because like every ad that may pop up or around every corner Mm -hmm. or a billboard or a sign or driving by a building, you know, I mentioned on the last episode that I worked at a weight loss center in college. And I would weigh and measure people. That was my... I wasn't a counselor because I wasn't that level. I think I graduated a little bit to that point towards the end of my summer career there. But mostly I would do intake. I would have to like weigh and measure. And then if their weight had fluctuated, they would come in three times a week to weigh. Oh, Oh, how toxic (laughs) is that? And I would have to say, okay, um, did you go Uh, off the eating plan? And then they'd be like, well... Yeah, I had this or I had that, right. and I and I'm like, and I would write it down, like shape, like okay, well now it's forever in your chart. And I wish I could call every single uh, one of those women that I weighed and measured because I was just doing my job, and they sure, were there, yeah. they paid to be there. Right, it's yeah. like they wanted to be there, but totally. This was the late nineties, the early two thousands, and it was a very popular weight loss clinic in my college town. Mm-hmm. So I have contributed to this diet obsessed, toxic culture. How can we now navigate it? It's 2022. Yeah. What do we do? It's still in our face all the time. Sure.
4: it's it, And it is. And like you said, we're kind of rounding a corner. Things are starting to change, but there's still a lot of work to be done. And also we've all, I think I can't speak for everyone, but we've all probably contributed to it at some point or another, you know, that's just the way this it goes until we know otherwise and have worked on intuitive eating or eating disorder recovery. I think that eating disorder recovery and working on intuitive eating in the world and diet obsessed culture that we live in can quite literally feel like you are swimming upstream while everyone else is going with the current. So it's super can feel super lonely and isolating if we don't make an effort to find people who maybe understand or who are also working on that or who don't diet, even, even if they don't even know what intuitive eating is, or they've never had an eating disorder, maybe they're just someone in your life who's never dieted. So trying to surround yourself with those types of people when possible, same thing like we've talked about in the other episodes too social media, like You know, anytime I get an ad for a weight loss thing or a diet thing on my Instagram or Facebook or wherever although I guess like Facebook, I'm like aging myself. I think a lot of people don't use Facebook, but <laughs> some, any, people. <laughs> some yeah. people, any social media accounts, you know, hide them, report them, whatever you got to do to like, try to not see those things all the time. Because I'm a dietitian, probably what I'm like doing and looking at on my computer, I feel like I get a lot of ads or just like random things on the computer for diets and things like that. So they're definitely still out there, even though we're starting to change some things, but trying to avoid those as much as possible. Again, that mantra we talked about before too, like good for everyone else. I just, I cannot do
5: that. Yeah. That was from our first chat that we did a couple of weeks ago and it's good for you. It's not for me. Yeah, And that's something you can just say in your head. Like if it's, if somebody else is talking about their amazing diet and blah, 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 because here's the thing with right now, because the diet industry is getting smarter, they Mm -hmm. are learning Mm -hmm. how to play the game. And they're like, Oh, well, we just can't be this like you know, in your face, drink two shakes a day, Mm -hmm. eat a sensible dinner. That's too diety. We need to be more sneaky about it. And they are presenting as not a diet. But when in all actuality, it is 100% a diet. And I think that in my teenage years, I was first exposed to dieting. And that was the springboard. I can't say whether or not I would have fallen into an eating disorder through other means. sure. But I know through some work, I've been able to pinpoint when dieting was really introduced to me and how that shifted my thinking and led to this obsession with food, which led to a binge restrict purge cycle situation. And my brain, I was so young, I was like 14, 15 years old and trying to figure this out Mm -hmm. all on my own. But I know on Instagram, you have a whole highlight reel that's dedicated to ED recovery. And I was just flipping through it. And one of the things you posted said, "Preoccupation with food is a natural side effect of dieting. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm, yes, I got, like, I was obsessed. All I thought about was food. And it was because I had put myself on a diet and I was restricting and it happened so early on. Then I lived with it for decades that I didn't even know how to even trust my body and i know it was dieting that first did that because especially that restriction at such a young age too and then mm-hmm. i had to really work hard in my late 30s to rewire my diet brain yeah and then now what sucks is because these diets are now so disguised it's messing with with people so is intuitive eating, this is a question some people might have, is that considered a diet?
4: No, not the true, like actually what intuitive eating is. However, I will say kind of like you just mentioned, intuitive eating I think is kind of turning into a diet or, or people are spinning it that way. Basically something to watch out for. If anybody is telling you you'll lose weight with intuitive eating, then that's probably not actually intuitive eating because we don't know. I don't know as a dietitian nobody's going to know. A doctor's not going to know. Intuitive eating might cause someone to gain weight. It might cause someone to stay the same weight, or it might cause someone to lose weight.
5: It just kind of depends on the person. So a red flag is anybody claiming weight loss. Totally. What are some other red flags we can look out for, for diets? Because again, yeah, we're in a diet obsessed culture.
4: It is hard because there are a lot. I know there was one diet that Came out a few years ago or an app or something, a bunch of people started asking me about and they were like, well, they, you know, they're talking about behavioral health and they're going to change how you feel about food and your relationship with food. And I was like, oh, cool. What is this app? So I downloaded it and looked at it and it was like, I put in my stats just to see as an example. And it was like, Melissa, you need to eat X amount of calories. And it was like very low. And I was like, this makes no sense. This is a diet. And then I started looking through it. And it was basically, like you said, a diet in disguise that it was just going to help our relationship with food, which is not true. So pretty much anything that ever a that g- gives the claim of weight loss or it's quick, it's fast, it's, you know, anything that has these like really, really in your face kind of claims, it's probably a diet.
5: I know it's probably overwhelming for people. And you can, again, because the diet industry is so smart and they do make so much money they make a lot of money off of us. And so yeah. they're going to find ways to manipulate and figure out how to still get into. Now I'm going to age myself and say our pocketbooks. <laughs> I feel like my yeah. grandma used to say that. <laughs> Shout out, Mama Chris. But they want to still get into our pocketbooks. And yeah. thankfully, these conversations are being had, and there's professionals like you, Melissa, that are changing the game. And it's not as easy, but they're right. sneaky. And so you have to be on guard and not fall for it. And if there's ever anything that you're questioning, then hopefully you have an expert or someone Mm -hmm. that you can lean into and try to help decipher whether or not it's something that's going to be a good fit for you. Because as a registered dietitian, do you put people in recovery on any type of meal plans or anything like that?
0: This is it. Your moment.
1: any
2: disease.
5: more info now. As a registered dietitian, do you put people in recovery on any type of meal plans or anything like that?
4: Uh, yeah. So a lot of times, so there's, there's kind of like a hot debate, I think in the eating disorder recovery world and meal plans at the moment, but I personally, yes, I, if somebody is in early stages of recovery, I think that they might need a meal plan because they're not sure how much to eat. They're eating disorders, telling them to only eat certain things. So it's not a diet by any means. It's just like a guide to here's how much food you need for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. It's never a restrictive thing by all means, but yes, I do make meal plans for clients and things like that.
5: Which again, early on in my recovery, I think that would have been helpful because I didn't know I would, I had been messing with my body for so long. You know, there's some meme or something that's out there. I know we've mentioned it before, but I'm going to paraphrase it. It's probably way cuter if I were to look it up and get it right. But it's like like you said, you don't know what's going to happen with someone's body once they adopt intuitive eating. There's no way to guarantee. Mm -hmm. We are all different shapes and sizes, and we're supposed to be. It's the diet culture that has said this is a body. Mm -hmm. And if you've been manipulating, speaking of manipulation – manipulating your body to be a certain way. Like once you let go of certain things, you don't know mm-hmm. what it's going to do. But the meme is like, you know, I want my baseline body weight to be whatever it is so where I can like go to brunch with friends and not care about what I'm ordering. Yes, yes. <laughs> Like I promise the meme is probably way cuter than that. I know but what you're talking about. I feel you know like I'm, I'm seen about? that. Yes. Yes. And it's like, yes, I remember. I've seen it a few times just posted here and there. And I'm always like, yes, go to brunch with your friends and don't think about it. Boom, mm-hmm. that's your baseline.
4: <laughs> yes, totally. Because it is. Our biologically appropriate weight is probably not the weight we, quote unquote, want it to be or what our culture has like made us believe is what we want it to be.
5: Which, have you seen the documentary called Victoria's Secret Angels and Demons on Hulu? No, but I
4: want to watch it so bad. I need okay. to.
5: It's did pretty fascinating. It? I did. And it's wild. hmm uh, to think about what they were able to do with Victoria's Secret and the company and the the founder creator the men were running it and how mm-hmm. Victoria's Secret became this kind of character this british mm-hmm. woman and her name she was victoria and this was her secret and this was her lingerie but over time she evolved and she kind of disappeared and then like It got sexier and sexier and then the angels came on the scene and then there was the Victoria's Secret fashion show. And then they got Justin Bieber to play the show at one point and then the models were dressing up in very childlike costumes walking down the runway, but it was very much so to promote their teen line. And so they were marketing towards teenage girls, this is goals. Mm -hmm. And it was these women that, I don't even know the stats of like a supermodel like that, but it's sort of right. like, you know, if your child is like, I want to be in the NFL, you're like, okay, that's cute. Good luck. Like, yeah. probably not going to happen. And it's like, so then you have all these teenage girls looking at the screen like, oh, I want to, my body doesn't look like that. What's wrong right. with me? Now I need to like make it look like that. But they were, they were geniuses in that. They were like, we got to hook them and hook them young. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to book Justin Bieber and then have girls, you know, pranced down the runway uh, in like a tricycle and stuff that just seemed very bubbly and young. Like oh it's it's actually sick if you watch it. Yeah, it's You're like, like making me like... Some of the women that were working at the company, they just were appalled at some of the things that came across their desk and they're just very confused and yeah. how the men who were really running it would always like to claim, oh, well, we've got women CEOs over this branch, this branch, this branch. But really these men were above them calling the shots. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the the Victoria's Secret fashion show is no more. It is not. They've canceled it. And Victoria's Secret did not want to budge and lean into diversity on their runway. They're like, this is how a woman's body looks. Sorry. Good luck. Mm -hmm. But now they've been forced to rebrand because their way, thankfully, isn't working anymore. And women are speaking up. And they're like, that is just not attainable and plus they you know they knew they were airbrushing all kinds of models in their magazines and Mm -hmm. it was just crazy and then part of the documentary they bring up Rihanna's line and how she was uh, when she introduced her lingerie line her lineup of models was extremely diverse and had all different types of bodies and shapes and colors and all the things and it was really cool and Victoria's Secret was like yeah okay good luck with that And then now they're rebranding and Mm -hmm. they have, they don't, they got rid of their angels and now they have like Victoria's secret, like collective group and it's diverse and it's got all different kinds of people. So, you know, they're rebranding, but those are the images we grew up seeing. Like that's what was in our face. And so it's not just diets that are in our face. It's the Mm -hmm. images of what society has said we're supposed to look like. And it really sucks because it had nobody ever done that, then we would all be, or people, some people, everyone, hopefully as a whole, would be more accepting. It would just be the norm. There wouldn't even need to be acceptance. It would be like, oh, this is what it is. Cool.
4: Exactly. It's crazy the stuff that we've like grew up looking at. Have you seen those um, images of like the pictures of Jessica Simpson and like people that like certain images of, and they- the tabloids all said she was so fat at the time, but look at she looks like a normal human being.
5: Oh yes, the mom jeans. Yes, one. yes. Did, have, did you read her book? No, I didn't. Oh, it is. Also, heard so that is good too. Good, and she shares her roller coaster with body image and diet. Yeah. you know, you would think looking at Jessica Simpson by you know society standards, like what in right. the world? Why? Why would she have issues? But she went into her record label and she was. I don't know. She was a teenager. can't mm-hmm. remember the exact age. It's been a couple years since I read the book, but let's call it 15, 16 years old. And her label was like, all right, cool. Love everything, looking good, but you're probably going to need to lose about 10 pounds. And mm-hmm. she is so short and tiny. And so yeah. then began her journey of complete insecurity and trying yeah. to chase this look because, you know, her la- the men, her label, mm-hmm. and these guys running the show are like, Mm-mm, this is what we want to see on stage. So, right get it going terrible i'm looking up the book so that i can tell y'all in case you haven't read it and i don't know why the name oh it's called open book Mm. that's what it's called and it is really good she shares some juicy details about john mayer too okay very interesting (laughs) life and in the victoria's secret documentary too they go into jeffrey epstein Mm. which is a whole not another thing that i you know, Mm -hmm. have been very into podcast wise and just a total sicko. And so he's intertwined with the CEO of Victoria's Secret. So and the founder, it's crazy. Okay. I'm going to close out with some body image mantras that you posted on Instagram. If y'all want to follow Melissa, her handle is all the foods, S R D S. And the last episode we were trying to make up or at least I was, some of my own mantras around exercise. And so I thought, oh, yay, these are some good (laughs) mantras to keep in your back pocket in case, you know, you run into some diet culture Mm -hmm. talk, you are in a strip mall and, you know, there's a diet place that's kind of like trying to lure you in or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like These are things you can just remind yourself. And again, Melissa posted this Cute little graphic on on Instagram, body image mantras. My body deserves love and respect. My body is beautiful just as it is. I celebrate my body's changes. My body is strong and capable. I honor my body with nourishing foods. I am grateful for the nourishing choices I make today. So there you go. Six mantras for you to have. And they're way better (laughs) than the ones I was trying to make up last week. You had some good ones. Uh, You know, I was just trying to find a few (laughs) words that rhyme, which now I see that they don't have to rhyme. They just have to like be something like quick, concise to the point and something that you can repeat to yourself or maybe even write down and put on your Mm -hmm. bathroom mirror, Mm post-it notes, journal them, whatever you can do to put this into your brain as much as possible. My body deserves love and respect. My body deserves love and respect. And you Mm -hmm. could write that over and over, sort of like you're in trouble at school Mm -hmm. back in the day. I journal a lot, and sometimes it will be something just over and over so that I see it, I feel it. It's like coming a part of me. And it takes telling yourself something sometimes or doing an action or thinking a thought thousands of times. So you would be surprised how long it takes for you to start to build that new neural pathway. So Mm -hmm. be gentle with yourself. Absolutely. And um, Melissa, thanks for the spending the last three weeks with us. Yeah, thanks, Amy. I appreciate it. I love it. Yeah, I appreciate the work that you're doing. And say your practice one more time in case people want to check it out. It's based in Nashville, though. Do y'all do any virtual or mostly in person? Yeah, we do virtual. And then we have an office in Nashville and Murfreesboro. Okay, cool. And it's com and. You can read about their story and their services and different resources. It's all there. nutritioncounseling.com Thanks, Melissa. Awesome. Thanks, Amy. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen.
3: for For more info now.